It is Monday, September 14th, 2020, and you are tuned into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. It was a busy weekend of racing with some big money on the line, and we're going to start to show off with the Intercontinental Classic at Eldora. As I was watching these races and putting my notes together, it was interesting to think about races like this that don't necessarily have bigger implications. The dream, the world, or the stream in the Intercontinental Classic that we've had this season are technically dirt car sanctioned, but drivers are really just there to race without any sort of points on the line or anything like that. The only thing that matters is the money in the trophy. If you were to ask the drivers about it, I'm sure they'd tell you that they approach all the races with the same mindset. But on some level, it has to be a bit freeing to not have to worry about points, um, having you know a mistake cost you something in the points. So um, it would be interesting to know if the drivers are actually more aggressive or not. I'm not sure that we'll ever really be able to figure that out. But either way, just some thoughts over to the actual racing. Drivers earned points over the first two nights, Thursday and Friday, to set up Saturday's heat races with $50,000 to the winner of Saturday's feature. The stream back in June was dominated by Longhorn chassis cars with Kyle Strickler, Brandon Overton, and Tim McCready taking the three wins. On Thursday night, though, the opening program of the weekend was dominated by Josh Richards and his rocket chassis. Richards was fourth quick in qualifying and won his heat race, started third for the feature. Pole sitter Josh Rice suffered a mechanical problem on lap one, which resulted in a complete restart and slid Richards to the front row. He grabbed the lead on the start and except for a brief challenge from Brandon Overton on a restart with 12 laps to go, it was all Richards out front for the 30 laps. Brandon Overton finished second, Ricky White's third, Tim McCready was fourth, and Chase Younghands finished fifth. Brandon Shepard was seventh and Jimmy Owens was 14th. On Friday night, Richards picked up where he left off Thursday sitting on the pole for the feature, but at the start, it was Shannon Babb grabbing the top spot and quickly stretching uh, out a big lead. It was all Babb out front until the race got inside 10 to go with the leaders in lap traffic. While trying to put Ross Bales a lap down, Richards was able to make a move on Babb and get to the point, but it was short-lived. On a restart not long later, Babb was strong on the bottom and powered by Richards into turn one to regain the lead. Over the final laps, Babb held Richards off to take the win on night two. Richards finished second, Jonathan Davenport third, Chris Ferguson fourth, and Kyle Strickler was fifth. It was an off night for the big three with Shepard 8th, Overton 18th, and Owens 21st. Over to Saturday and the big finale night. The four heat races were won by Dale McDowell, Chris Madden, Kyle Strickler, and Chris Ferguson. And those four drivers made up the first two rows of the 67-lap feature with Fergie on the pole. At the start, Fergie used the low side to lead lap one, but he was quickly under fire from Strickler, who made a big move into turn one to lead lap two. From there, the race was dominated by Strickler and his number eight machine. Behind him, Ferguson made a mistake near halfway and slid back through the field. Ricky Weiss and Dale McDowell uh, also battled inside the top five and Jonathan Davenport slowly worked his way forward from his eighth starting spot. With 20 laps to go, it was Strickler out front with Weiss second, Dale McDowell third, Davenport fourth, and Babb fifth up from 18th. Later, Weiss challenged Strickler for the top spot, briefly taking the lead before losing the spot back, but he would retire with 12 laps to go, appearing to lose an engine while running second. The complexion of the race changed again on a restart with eight laps remaining. As the field took the green, second place McDowell had a problem and he slid back through the field, eventually finishing 17th and out of the race. That moved Davenport into second, McCready into third, Babb into fourth, and Scott Bloomquist up into the top five. As the laps wound down, Strickler had a sizable lead, but then coming to the white, there was heartbreak for the high side tickler. Driving underneath the white flag, Strickler slowed dramatically and then into turn one, he shredded the right rear tire. That let Davenport drive by down the backstretch and the 49 went on to take the $50,000 win. 
win. Tim McCready finished second, Shannon Babb third, Dennis Herb Jr. fourth, and Chris Ferguson battled back to fifth. Strickler ended up sixth after that flat. The big three were, again, not much of a factor with Shepard 10th, Overton 12th, and Owens out early, finishing 24th. It was another big win for Davenport, certainly in his decorated career, but you have to feel for Kyle Strickler. He absolutely dominated for most of the 67 laps, and it's going to sting for a while to lose one on the white flag lap like that. He's early into his late model run, having been good for so long in modifieds. I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll see him up front in a big late model show. It was a good three days of racing from Eldora and a wild way to end the weekend for sure. With all the success they've had this season, though, it was a bit strange not seeing Overton, Shepard, and Owens up front more. Overton was up in the mix on that first night, but we didn't really see the, those three drivers for the remainder of the weekend just shows how difficult these late model races are and how quickly you can get buried in such a strong field. Even though we didn't get the dream and world this season, we did get to see some great racing at Eldora. So kudos to all the drivers um, and Roger Slack and all the people at Eldora Speedway for making those events happen. Uh, I wanted to also give a shout out to Flow Racing. They have done such a fantastic job here. Um, you know, between covering the Tusky 50 this weekend and the Intercontinental Classic at Eldora, there was so much, you know, not only the live streaming stuff, but all of the other video content that they put out over the weeks or over the weekend. Tons of great interviews, um, you know, all access pieces, all kinds of great stuff coming out from Flow Racing right now. They are absolutely just killing it. Wanted to give them some more kudos for that. Uh, speaking of the Tusky 50, that was the other big weekend event happening at Port Royal Speedway. The racing expanded to three days this year with Thursday and Friday paying $6,000 to win, leading into Saturday's $53,000 to win main event. Coming into the weekend, it was hard to pick against Kyle Larson or Anthony Macri for the big money. Those two drivers have been incredible at Port this season, but neither Neither would end up with a win over the three nights. Back to Thursday, it took three attempts to even get a lap complete in the opening night feature because of early crashes in nearly the same spot on the track for James McFadden and Casey Kane's number nine and Kyle Larson. Both drivers were okay, but done for the night. Tony Stewart led the early laps in the feature, but Corey Eliason was on the move behind him. Eliason took the lead on lap six, but a caution for Brian Brown put Stewart back out front. By lap 13, though, Eliason was back to the point, and he quickly stretched it out over the field. Eliason, in his routine 26 machine, led the rest of the way to take the opening night win. It was his third all-star win of the season. Kerry Madsen finished second, Tony Stewart third, Gio Selzy fourth, and Tyler Courtney was fifth. Several big names ended up out of the show, including Freddie Raymer, McFadden, Larson, Brian Brown, Christopher Bell, and others. Entering the weekend, Eliason was 110 points out of the lead, um, and on this first night, he was able to chop 12 out of Reitzel's lead. That's is a theme that would carry on through the rest of the weekend. I've tweeted the stat out a bunch because it continued to shock me, but Kyle Larson following Thursday night's race had gone 20 all-star events this season without a heat race win. I've certainly gotten plenty of replies about the all-star format and how heat races don't really matter, and I get that, but it was still really surprising that a guy who's won as much as he has this season hadn't even just randomly lucked into a heat race win. Um, but that definitely um, wasn't going to continue, and it ended actually on Friday night. Larson started second in heat four and won it to finally end the streak, so I'll stop tweeting about it now, and you don't have to to see that stuff from me anymore. Anyways, over to the night's feature. Kerry Madsen started on the pole with Larson to the outside of the front row. Larson grabbed the lead on lap one, and you certainly wondered if maybe the race for the win was over from there. But through the feature, Anthony Macri and Lance DeWeese were never too far from Larson out from. Near halfway, the battle for the lead got going with Macri taking his first shot at Larson. Larson held him off, but over the next few laps, things continued to stay tight with Macri taking more shots for the lead. Coming to five laps ago, it was then time for Lance DeWeese to make his move. He 
passed Macri into turn one, and then a slider in three and four got him past Larson for the lead, so he got both cars in one lap. At the end, it was DeWeese taking down his first all-star win of the season. Anthony Macri finished second, Larson slipped third, Dylan Sisney was fourth, and Rico Abreu finished fifth. A seventh-place run for Corey Eliason combined with Aaron Reitzel's 15th-place finish meant Eliason chopped another 16 points out of Reitzel's lead following Friday night. On Saturday for the finale, Lance Luis and Rico Abreu led the field to green. After a mid-pack qualifying effort, Larson uh, failed to qualify for the feature in his heat race and was forced to the Knights' B-Main. A fourth-place result there put him 22nd starting the big show. Lance Luis was the leader in the early going, but Rico was able to stay right with him. The two battled for several laps before halfway, with Abreu grabbing the lead on lap 19. The 24 of Abreu was strong out front, leading through the open red at lap 25 and then into the second half of the night. DeWeese didn't seem to have much for Rico, but that all changed on lap 37 when Rico suffered a mechanical issue out front and was forced to retire from the race. Big time heartbreak for Rico in a big money race. That gave the lead back to Deweese. Over the final 13 laps, it was all Deweese out front. He drove away to win the Tuscarora 50 and take down the $53,000 big check. Behind him, Anthony Macri finished second after battling with Dylan Sisney, who finished third. Kyle Larson drove from 22nd to finished fourth, and Corey Eliason was fifth. The win was Deweese. Deweese's 7th Tuscarora 50 triumph and 41st career All-Star victory. I heard Blake Anderson say that um, this win gives Deweese Tuscarora 50 victories in four different decades now, which is absolutely insane to think about. His first win was back in 1994, so he won in the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. Also, big shout out to Dylan Sisney on a very strong weekend. He finished 12th Thursday after starting 25th and then was 4th Friday and 3rd on Saturday. So very, very strong weekend for Sisney. Looking at the all-star points now, Reitzel's lead has been chopped to just 50 points. He finished 21st on Saturday, and while uh, while Elias, Eliason was a top five finisher, showing just three nights, that's 60 points that have been chopped out of Reitzel's points lead um, in his bid for a third straight series title. Only six race nights are left in 2020. The series is back this Friday at Williams Grove. That points battle is something we will certainly be talking about more and keeping an eye on here over the next six races. Speaking of tight points battles, the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars took on Dodge City Raceway Park in Kansas for two shows over the weekend. Brad Sweet entered the weekend with a slight advantage over Logan Schuhart with Donnie Schatz, Carson Macedo, and Sheldon Hoddenshield all still within striking distance. On Friday night, Tim Kading and Jacob Allen led the field to green with Allen grabbing the early lead. It's something we've seen so many times before with Allen. He can lead the early going, but he just can't seem to finish out the race out front. Either he fades, he's had mechanical issues, all kinds of things have ended up where Jacob didn't win these races, but this night was different. Allen survived several mid-race cautions and was able to keep teammate Logan Schuhart at bay over the final laps to grab his first ever World of Outlaws win. Schuhart finished second, Donnie Schatz third, David Gravel fourth, and Brad Sweet was fifth. In victory lane afterwards, Jacob was super emotional about getting his first win, which if if you know anything about Jacob was completely expected. This was an incredibly popular win amongst the series and the fans, and you saw that on social media with so many people congratulating him afterwards. The Shark Racing team has come an absolutely incredible distance from their debut back in 2014. In 2020 now, we've seen Logan Schuhart become a title contender, and now Jacob Allen is a race winner. Absolutely incredible to watch their rise. It has been so much fun to see those guys have success. 
The Outlaws closed out the weekend on Saturday with another show at Dodge City. Parker Price Miller led the early going from the pole, but Sheldon Hodenshield was hooked up and he grabbed the top spot from PPM eight laps in. Sheldon built a huge lead and then survived a restart with five to go to take his fifth win of the season. Parker Price Miller finished second, David Gravel third, Brad Sweet fourth, and Logan Schuhart was fifth. So far in 2020, only two drivers have more World of Outlaws wins than Sheldon Hodenshield. They are Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet. Sheldon Hodenshield just continues to get better and better with the Outlaws. His average finish in 2018 was 10.9. Last year it was 9.2, and this season it's a career best 7.17. Leaving Dodge City, Brad Sweet now has a 10 point advantage over Logan Schuhart. Since finishing 24th on the opening night back at Knoxville, Sweet has 10 top six finishes in a row. Over those 10 races, Sweet's average finish is 1.6 spots better than Schuhart, which is why he's out front currently. Donnie Schatz is still third, but he's now 80 points out. Sheldon has actually jumped up to fourth. He's 140 four points back and Macedo's back to fifth 122 points out kind of starting to feel a little bit here like a two horse race there's still 14 races left so a lot can happen but Sweet and Shuhart just to seem to kind of have pushed ahead of the other uh, three drivers at this point. The Outlaws are back Friday at Lawton Speedway in Oklahoma. We'll talk more about this as the week goes on. Um, and I've got some fun prediction stuff planned for the uh, the week as well. So stay tuned for that. The USAC National Sprint Cars had three races in two nights over the weekend between Bloomington Speedway and Lincoln Park Speedway. Friday night at Bloomington, Kyle Cummins led the two opening circuits, but it was all Chris Wyndham after that. He drove away to his second sprint car win of the season over Cummins, Kevin Thomas Jr., Chase Stock and Brent Beauchamp. Saturday at Lincoln Park Speedway, we got two features because of makeups from earlier in the season. In the night's first feature, a makeup from Indiana Sprint Week, Chase Stockton battled CJ Leary through the first half of the race before taking over for good on lap 17. It was Stockton's first series win of 2020. Brady Bacon finished second, Dave Dolan third, CJ Leary fourth, and Logan Seavey was fifth. In the night's second feature, KTJ and CJ Leary both led laps through the first half, but Brady Bacon took control on lap 16 and drove away to his series-leading fifth win of the year. Leary finished second, Shane Cottle third, KTJ fourth, and Chris Wyndham was fifth. After some swapping through the three races, Brady Bacon left the weekend as the series points leader by nine over Chris Wyndham. The top four right now are only separated by 40 points, so uh, another tight points battle there as well. USAC Sprint Cars are back this Friday at Terre Haute. Speaking of USAC, it was announced on Friday that the USAC Silver Crown Series is getting an additional race on the 2020 calendar. October 18th, we'll see the Champ Cars return to the Springfield Mile for the Bettenhausen 100. 20% capacity will be allowed with tickets on sale tomorrow, September 15th at trackenterprises.com. In other racing action this weekend, Sam Haverteep won at I-80 Speedway in ASCS action over Roger Crockett and Austin McCarl. Zach Vanderbeek, Rodney Sadners, and Derek Ramirez picked up US MTS wins at Arklatex Speedway, Boot Hill Speedway, and RPM Speedway, respectively. And Hunter Schoenberg and Brooke Tatnell took down IRA wins at Outagamie and Cedar Lake. In late model action, Don, uh, Donald Coulier grabbed a $10,000 uh, $10, win at Tri-City. Michael Chilton won at Lake Cumberland. RJ Conley at Atomic. And Max Blair at Raceway 7. And finally today, the IMCA Super Nationals wrapped up yesterday at Boone Speedway. Uh, Nathan Ballard was the... Excuse me, I lost my place in my notes. Nathan Ballard was the Hobby Stock Champion, Donovan Smith won the Stock Car Championship, Jonathan Logue was the Northern Sport Mod Champion, and Ricky Thornton Jr. capped off the week with a win in the Modified Feature. Thornton also won the Late Model Feature early in the week. So that's it for the show today. Hope everybody has a good Monday. You can find Dirt Tracker daily on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. Please subscribe and leave a review. You can also watch the show every day on YouTube and Facebook. You can email the show at info at dirttracker.com, and you can follow along at facebook.com slash dirttracker, twitter.com slash 
slash dirt tracker and the website itself dirttracker.com. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Justin underscore Feather and don't forget to sign up for the Dirt Tracker weekly newsletter. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily. Oh,